party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined once again by my good friend, Taylor Labresh, host of Games Closet, an incredible game designer who for the next between 63 hours and four days as of the time of this episode released, will be kickstarting not one, but two incredible games that are almost done. They're both fully funded with stretch goals. Go back them both. Descent into Midnight, which we played a few weeks ago on the show, was a delight. Great game. Cannot recommend it enough. Taylor is also kickstarting The Treasure at the End of This Dungeon is an Escape from This Dungeon. And we will never escape from this dungeon, which is a kaleidoscopic roguelike dungeon crawler that plays with traditional Dungeons and Dragons-esque tropes to create something haunting and weird. And it just sounds amazing. And I want you to back it and make it happen because it's very cool. I mean, it's already funded, but go get your copy because it's extremely cool. And speaking of incredible games that Taylor has designed, we're actually playing this one this week. We are playing Breakup on Re-Entry. Breakup on Re-Entry is a game of doomed romance and mech combat told through the lens of two mech pilots from warring states, both of whom do not know that their one true love is piloting the mech of their bitterest enemy. It is so, so cool. It is tragically violent and introspective, and I have not been able to stop thinking about it since we played it because we told a really beautiful, heartbreaking story that I think you're going to love. Go check the show notes for information about Breakup on Reentry, The Treasure at the End of This Dungeon, and Descent into Midnight because they're all good, as well as all the other projects Taylor's got going on because, goddammit, I love Taylor. Taylor, I bet you're listening to this and I love you to death. And with that, why don't we go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am joined once again by my dear friend, Taylor LeBresh. Taylor, thank you so much for coming back on Party of One. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Um, I said it before we started recording, but it's a joy to hear your voice. It's a joy to hang out with you. And it will be a joy to play this game with you. I'm so excited. Uh, I feel exactly the same way. I feel like every time we sit down to do a podcast together, it is a treasured moment of my weekend and my day. So, like, I'm just really happy to have you here. This is going to be a lot of Hell fun. Yeah. So, real quick, at the top of the show, before we introduce the game that we're playing this week, because we're going to do some back-and-forth uh, introductions, why don't you take a moment and let the lovely listeners at home know about all of the other cool things you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Hell yeah. Uh, so, my name is Taylor LeBrush. I run Riverhouse Games. It is just essentially a way for me to not put my real name on stuff, but uh, Riverhouse Games, we do uh, podcasts. So, there is Game Closet, which is an informal chat show with queer and LGBT plus folks in the tabletop scene. Um, Jeff, thank you for being a past guest on that. Uh, um, I, I believe, <laughs> I believe I am not just a past guest. You are the past guest. I believe yes. I, I believe I currently hold the record, at least at the time of this recording of, of most frequent guest, a title that I will die before I give to Aaron Catano Saez. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, yep. The, the rivalry continues between you and your All My Fantasy Children <laughs> podcast host. Um, <laughs> Uh, hell yeah. You can find Game Closet on iTunes and other places where podcasts are found. Um, I also have two other podcasts that I do, um, that I, I really love, uh, that are smaller. One is the RSS Defiant, which is a Star Trek Deep Space Nine rewatch podcast and ranking podcast. So we are going through episode by episode, uh, talking about each episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine and ranking them from best to worst. Um, it rules. I'm doing it with my partner, Lauren, and uh, two of our great friends, Kyle and Kirsten. Um, the other podcast that I do is called uh, Apple Bottom V, 
and that's an acronym for a podcast loosely based on the Minnesota Vikings, um, where my good friend Dan and I watch each episode of the television show um, NFL uh, and talk about our favorite characters, which are, of course, the Minnesota Vikings. Sure. I believe that's one of the two teams that you said you root for at any given time, the other being uh, the reason that I'm ending this recording right now. (laughs) Whoever's facing the, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yeah, I, they're not even the Vikings rivals. It's just I hate them so <laughs> that's, much. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's fair. But at the same time, go birds. So I can't I can't judge. I understand. Skull. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I also write games over at riverhousegames.itch.io. Um, uh, I think I don't know if it will be kickstarting when this goes live, but check out Descent into Midnight. We are looking to uh, ju- jump into our Kickstarter mid-February. Um, this actually, so, I mean, I'll make sure, I mean, I will release this during the Kickstarter. That, that'll that happen. Hell yeah. Um, I was also going to talk to you, Jeff, about maybe if we could do a Kickstarter Descent into Midnight Party of One, but yeah. we could talk offline about that. All right. Sounds great. Hell yeah. Listeners, look forward um, to that. <laughs> uh, sick. So, um, yeah, that that is where I am. I'm on Twitter at Leviathan Files. Excellent. Well, this week I am deeply, deeply excited. Um, so we are playing one of your games. We are playing a game, uh, a competitive role playing game about betrayal. Humanity reaches ever towards the stars, though there are some who demand we keep our feet solidly on Earth's crust. In this future, we reach into heaven and kill our gods. In their place, we build Mecca unbelievably large mobile suits capable of inflicting grievous harm. These monsters of war require pilots, but not everyone can handle the strenuous neural load required to move these divine robots. Mecha pilots must be intense, dramatic, and most importantly, secret. Breakup on re-entry. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So we are playing Breakup on Reentry. It is a game about betrayal. Um, so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh so Jeff and I are going to be playing uh two two mecha pilots. Um the first generation of mecha pilots were all killed in their sleep, slaughtered by both opposing factions in a wash of interstellar blood. We are one of the second generation, pilots who keep our roles hidden from the world and from those we love. This is a role-playing game for two pilots who do not know yet that their mortal enemy sleeps by their side every night. This game deals with war, betrayal, and the end of a relationship, maybe even the end of our characters' lives. So, Jeff, we should be honest with one another Mm -hmm. about how we're feeling while playing this game. Uh, We will check in with one another and with ourselves throughout play, and it's okay to step away or stop playing if we need to. Yep. We are going to sit across from each other, so via Hangouts. Yep. And get them, get each other in our sights. This is the final confrontation between us as our armies battle in the skies above. Our mecha enter the atmosphere of this moon, sparking fire as they blaze through the air, drawn to the surface by planetary gravity and drawn to each other by fate. We are pilots unaware that our lovers are the chief rivals in the conflict that rages above us. As players, we know that the person across from us holds both identities, but the character that we're playing does not. To our character, there are two individuals. One holds a place in your heart and spends their days working a confidential job. Most careers are highly secretive to prevent corporate leaks. The other fights for everything that we hate. Though we may not hold the pilot inside with contempt, their mecha is emblazoned with the symbols of our enemy. Our characters know one by their name and the other by their call sign that's painted on the robot. 
we will not know the true identity of our enemy until we play the King of Hearts. So we're going to play in clashes, uh, like hands of cards. Mm-hmm. So um, we have a deck of cards that we've we've pulled together in Roll20. Yep. We've removed some cards to, to shorten the game. Um, if we were playing a longer game, we would use all 52 cards in the deck. Um, we will put the King of Hearts somewhere near the bottom here. Um, and then uh, we'll, we'll play down to that. Um, so we are going to be essentially just playing in hands. We're going to try to... Uh, try to to take tricks. So, um, Jeff, as, as each of us owns a a clash between our two robots, um, we, we will be drawing cards. Each card is going to correspond to a question, uh, that we will answer about the world. So, um, maybe if we are playing diamonds, we'll, we'll talk about the world's culture, Mm -hmm. the, the, the positions that we find ourselves in. Um, if we play clubs, we will talk about the war that we find, uh, our two factions in between earth and the colonies. Um, if we uh, uh, play a spade, we will talk about the fight at hand, the immediate clash between uh, the two mecha. And if we play a heart, we will talk about each other. Uh, we will explore aspects of the relationship between these two lovers who are, are in the, the robots. Sounds great. Um, at the end of the game, we're going to count how many cards we have stolen from each other. Um, that will uh, tell us who, quote-unquote, wins. Spoiler alert, uh, this game was written for the sad mech jam, so both of us will lose. So, uh, which is my favorite. Which is my favorite. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any questions before we begin? Uh, no, but I do want to go grab my mouse real quick so that I'm not hitting this big, loud uh, trackpad button. So I'll give me two seconds. So while Jeff is away, I'm going to take this time to just talk a little bit about how much I love Party of One and all my fantasy children. They are great, great podcasts. Party of One consistently reminds me of what games can do uh, player to player. And all my fantasy children is just like a warm reminder of like every, every, um, uh, like assurance that I need as a creative person, uh, to keep doing the things that I love doing. So, um, Obviously, you are listening to Party of One. Please go also listen to All My Fantasy Children. Um, if you are listening to Party of One for the first time, um, following some of my stuff into Jeff's world, uh, please subscribe to this this podcast. I love it. It's great. Um, it's weekly. It, it showcases a lot of really great games and a lot of really great people who I've found through the show. All right. Hell yeah. All right. Jeff, I've, been back for, I've been back for like a minute now. I just wanted to oh, sit no. and listen to it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm ready to get into this. Let's Let's... Let's draw some cards and get sad. Let's do it. Um, we are going to de- define a couple things okay. before we jump into the card drawing. So uh, if you want to click into Roll20, you will see I've built uh, index cards for both of us. Um, there are five things that we are going to define uh, just kind of as play. The first is going to be our pilot's name and their call sign. Um, we are then going to decide whether, uh, which one of us is fighting for earth and which one of us is fighting for the colonies. Um, we'll talk about a striking feature of our mecha mm-hmm. and maybe the color scheme. Uh, we will talk about why we can't stop fighting and then we'll talk about our favorite memory of our relationship. Okay. Sounds great. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you have one that you want to start on? Yeah. Um, I think my name and call sign, um, I love the uh, the like mobile suit Gundam naming convention that has like bled into Friends of the Table, where it's just like inscrutable words that are put together. Likewise. Um. So I think I think my pilot's name is Humidor. That's real good. Yep. And the last name Inscrutable. Humidor Inscrutable. That's real good. That's real real good. My name is my pilot's name is. 
Let's go Luxor. Luxor's cool. Yeah. Luxor o- Luxor Oberian. Um, and then uh, I think my mech's call sign is going to be um my mech's call sign is I feel like we're two people that love names and now we're hearing us yeah. both like really think like sit here and, and chew on it. Yeah, we got to be at the top of our game. I know, right? So, Jeff, uh, how do you feel about being a little bit lighthearted with this? I feel a little lighthearted. Okay. Um, because I have had a Jaeger name uh, since, like, Pacific Rim came out. All right. Uh, which is The Hot Dish You Betcha. Yeah, all right. I'm down with that. All right. Humidor Inscrutable pilots The Hot Dish You Betcha. My, uh, my ship name is... I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go podcast static. Mmm, that rules. <laughs> yep. Podcast static. Do you want to fight for the Earth or the colonies? Um. So we we have not yet assigned like any sort of background about what that means, which I think is intentional. Yep. Um. I am gonna fight for Earth. All right, I'll fight for the colonies. I'm gonna add a world building detail immediately mm-hmm. which is that um because they are the colonies they are a series of interconnected uh spaceship uh, space stations like asteroids you know uh they they are a very a bunch of small interspersed like stations colonies research vessels satellites all that kind of stuff which means yeah. that um like communication channels are very important which is why a name like Podcast Static makes it makes a lot of sense as a name. It is it is emphasizing that this is, uh, mm. this is that that is uh the idea of, you know, podcasting as a, as a as a form of communication as a form of connection is very important in keeping the bonds of colonies alive. Podcast Static is implying that this is uh severing those lines of communication. This is, yeah. which is a, a, a tragic but important thing for a mecha to do, which is like breaking from, breaking from the pack to do what must be done. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what's great is taking something silly and making it very serious. You have to, yeah. I don't have a serious explanation that's for fine. Hot Dish, you betcha. I just, I just think it sounds good. No, that's fine. It doesn't, I don't think, I feel like there might even be a scene in the, in the drama where somebody's like, so why, why Hot Dish, you betcha? I, I just, I like Hot Dish. I like it. It sounds good. It's a good name. Um, my striking feature, I think that the Hot Dish, you betcha has, um, like jump wings, mm-hmm. which are, uh, they look like the bones of like a bat wing mm-hmm. and then each uh each like spire out of them has like little jump jets on it uh that turn into like feathered fire. Mm. Uh mine is uh neon like neon piping, neon like light mm. piping across like a black like a black uh marble metal frame. It's got these big giant like light panels. That yeah. as it, you know, flies very quickly, it just creates these tassel, like, almost tassel effects, for lack of a better way to describe it. Mm. A lot of tails are flying off of the podcast static. Yeah, I love that. Uh, for a color scheme, I'm thinking the hot tissue betcha is purple, white, and yellow, because, obviously. Sure, yeah. Um, why I can't stop fighting. 
this is where we're getting into some of the world building. Yep. Like, not that we haven't before, but we're going to decide some things about why we fight. I think I've got a family vendetta. Mm, I'm going to specifically use the very specific phrase, uh, a misguided, a misguided uh, Superman mentality. Ooh, okay. Where it's, uh, if I, if I don't take the hit, someone else, the idea that, the Superman idea of if I don't take the hit, someone else will, it's if I don't stop fighting, if the, if I don't keep the fight here with me, separated from everyone, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm not fighting on mm-hmm. the front lines, then the fight goes to the doorsteps and, and to the, to the homes of the people that I care about, so I have to be out here on the front lines doing what has to be done. Which yeah. is misguided and you know somewhat toxic of a mindset, but it is it is how I'm picturing this fight. Yeah, I love it. And then uh, my favorite memory of um, Luxor. What are Luxor's pronouns? Uh, Luxor is he his. Okay, I think Humidor is as well. Okay. Oh, I think Luxor proposed to Humidor at the top of the Eiffel Tower. I love that. Yep, that's real good. Uh, my favorite memory is actually uh, after the first time that we slept together, just being in bed and being perfectly still for a very long time. Mm. Like Love we it. just we just laid there, we just laid there, kind of like uh, like a little sweaty and exhausted, and you know, content. Like there was just a contentness in the air that that we like we just basked in for a very long time. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I've wanted that 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 moment has sort of defined our relationship, at least to Luxor, is that is it, it is that moment that that quiet, that quiet shared together defines a lot of like our time together. Hmm. Hell yeah. All right. So what happens now? We've done some world building questions. Yep. So we now are going to draw cards. OK. Um. Draw seven cards from the top of your deck. Shuffle seven cards from the deck into our hands. We're going to draw seven cards. So that is 14 in total. I'm going to keep track. All right. And then do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I, I, I will go first. Cool. So um, I will read the last little flavor text here. We stare through view screens at each other's mecha, unable to see the pilot inside, poised to end the conflict with one final confrontation. Whoever powers their suit's weapon systems goes first. I think Luxor, like, sparks the weapon systems up. Um, We can stop fighting at any time. Only we can decide what happens then. Okay. So we'll have you play down the first card, set us out. All right. In a suit. I'm going to play the two of clubs to start our class. Okay. So I want to answer this question, correct? Yep. The the club. So this clash is about the events of the war. This feels like a good place to start, right? This feels like mm-hmm. a good good way to like set up like what the war looks like. Kind of will help, I think, color a lot of how we interact with each other and how we view a lot of the other things. Yeah. Um. A two of the two of clubs is what vital public service was canceled a year into fighting. Um. I kind of touched on it a little bit in the world building. I think it is. Um. Tying into the idea of, of podcasts, and I'm I'm leaning hard into making podcasts extremely important <laughs> as a podcaster. Um yeah. it is telecommunications. 
It is mm. um like live communication. Like uh live communication lines were just like shut down because they were too easily intercepted. They were too easily like uh observed and too easily kind of spied on. So live communication was shut down in favor of like encrypted uh pre-recorded messages, which you know, that's kind of where that's how our that's what that's how people in the colonies and across the colonies communicate now is like they record, they encrypt, and they send. There's no real like live phone calls or face-to-face conversations happening across colonies anymore. Mm. Hell yeah. So I'm going to see your two of clubs. Okay. I'm going to raise you the eight of clubs. Uh, why are you willing to fight for your faction no matter what? Um, and I think I said, uh, you know, I can't stop fighting because of this family vendetta. Uh, and I think that that's really what fuels, uh, what fuels Humidor um, is that there is this long vendetta in the inscrutable family against the colonies mm-hmm. of the original colonies, uh, I think, snubbed great, great, great grandma Humidor um, or great, great grandma inscrutable uh, and said, like, you know, we're leaving you behind. Yeah. You, you do not have the skills that we need. Uh, to start life in space, despite the work that she put in to enable that first mission. So um, even before the the politics um, polarized our our society, uh, the inscrutables hated the idea of of going into space. So when Humidor was of age to um, to uh, enlist, um, he was one of the first people to climb into into that second generation of Mac. I love it. I love it a lot. That's very good. So, yeah. so I, so I'm going to see your eight of clubs and I'm going to raise you the nine of clubs. The nine of clubs here is, uh, when the skies became unsafe, you moved to ground travel with this slower method of transportation. What part of your life did you have to cut out? Um, so that's really interesting thinking about a series of interconnected like stations and such. I think that I think it really was travel, mm. you know, um, ground travel like that. If, if, if they are cutting out uh sky travel, that means they are cutting out intercolony travel, right? That means that mm-hmm. that means that like it is exponentially harder to go from one colony to the other, which just means that. There's this, there was this sense of, um, uh, leaning and leaning into it a little bit. There was this sense of, um, the idea of like snubbing makes me think of a lot of like aristocracy and a lot of like, you know, uh, the haves and have nots a little bit. So I think there's this element of like, there was this sort of cosmopolitan flair of hopping from colony to colony that I yeah. think has now been like kind of locked down and been replaced with to a certain extent, like a paranoia. And I think that kind of is reflected in Luxor being the first one to power on the weapons and sort of being very eager to bring the fight to the doorstep of earth because it's like, no, we have to strike because if we don't, they will. Yeah. Hell yeah. Cool. Uh, I see your nine of clubs. I'm going to raise you a 10 of clubs. Uh, what do you carry with you at night to feel safe on the streets? Uh, what do I care? Oh, sorry. It's a your question. I don't know why yeah. I, was, I was about to answer that. <laughs> it's like, I have answers. <laughs> um, uh, I think that Humidor carries, um, I'm, cause like my first, 
knee jerk is like some kind of weapon. I don't like that answer. It feels easy. Um, that feels like an easy yeah. answer. Yeah. Um. Oh, I think he carries an in case of emergency card. Mm, I like that. Uh, and it's like it's this laminated um card of like contact information. Uh, maybe like I think he's allergic to a couple medicines, and that's written on there. Um, and it's got it's it's got uh Luxor's like phone number on it. Um, and then like the number of the uh inscrutable um like family medical account. Uh, I and I love that it's a hard copy, right? I love that it's it's yeah because that that adds this element. It kind of to me and and feel free to take the to throw this out or take it in another direction, but it kind of feels like it, it it adds some of that same paranoia on the earth side of things of like mm-hmm. having hard copies so that that digital data can't be like can't be messed with. Yeah. It can't be hacked, yeah, stolen, exactly. or blocked. Right. Like, you can't jam uh, a laminated medical card. Yeah, I love it. Well, I'm going to see your jack. I'm going to see your 10 and raise you the jack. Yeah. So the jack is, let me read the question on the jack. What makes me the best pilot in the fleet? Um, It is, I am quiet and patient. I I don't. I, I, you know, I, I am very good at tuning things out. I, there, it's a, it's a, that's actually part of why static was kind of added to my call sign was that I'm very good at just kind of letting static bleed in and like kind of wash over myself so that, you know, the mm. explosions and the screaming computers all kind of fade out and I just kind of am able to focus and do the thing that needs to be done. Hell yeah. Uh, so I cannot beat a jack. All right. So you win this clash. So you take these five cards into your pile. I will put up here. I'll actually put it by my index card. Um, and then, uh, what I want you to do now is tell me how you land a blow on my mecha. And then I will tell you what is damaged. Okay. So, um, I think setting the scene is this is happening around like a moon colony. Mm-hmm. We are, we are, we are overhead. Um, and so I've got these, these panels, right? I've got these light panels and, um, yeah. from one of them, like we're, we're heading straight for each other. We start out with a game of chicken, essentially. We are starting out like, like almost like almost jousting. We're just soaring mm-hmm. at each other at high speed. And it's just whoever kind of like flicks their wrist is, will, you know, veer off to the side and and be caught in a in a down or in a like uh defensive and lo- a kind of losing position, which I think is Luxor. Like Luxor, he flicks it, but he he gets so close that he's able to kind of like um from one of these light panels that kind of runs along straight down from the top of his wrist where his uh like where the mech's uh middle and ring finger meet down to like the top mid the mid length on his on the top side of his wrist. Uh, a, 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 a laser blade, like, flies out. Think, uh, Baraka from Mortal Kombat, where, like, that laser blade on top of the wrist, and he just, like, slashes mm. the side of your, the side of your mecha with it. Putting himself in this defensive position, but cutting it so close that he's able to just, like, gash in, or, like, gore you with this blade. Yeah. Um, 
And I, I think it like cuts straight through one of the um one of the like jump wings gas lines. Uh, and there's this like big fire explosion, mm. and uh, the hot tissue betcha is sent like plummeting down to the moon's surface. Love it. Um, and it like we see this like long shot of this like streak of light down, and then this puff of like moon dust, uh, and then um, uh, a close cut to the crater, and we see uh, the hot tissue betcha. Uh, like servos whirring, um, pulling out and then looking up and we get like a very close shot of the visor uh, reflecting like the stars in space uh, as um, as the, the podcast static like touches down on the moon. Love it. So should I draw back up to seven then? Should I be, draw- yes. should I be drawing after every card draw? Uh, no, after the clash. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Because otherwise, in theory, we could just do the entire game in one. Clash. Gotcha. Okay. All right, I've drawn back up to seven. Uh, One rule that I forgot, uh, and this is entirely a formality, but after after we answer every card, um, the way to tell the other player that we are done uh, with our description uh, or our answering the question is to ask them if they want to keep fighting. Got it. Okay. Yep. Uh, So I will go... I will start this clash um, with... And I think this is just a duke em out fight yeah. uh, here for a little bit, because I'm going to start out with spades. Okay. With a nine of spades. Uh, so nine of spades, what surprises you about your opponent's advance? Um, so yeah, I think you, um, like, you land softly in the dust where, where um, the hot tissue betcha had, like, created an impact uh, and as I'm like wiping the the moon dust from um, from my visual sensors, uh, like I I clear one, and then we get like a a, a shot from inside the the cockpit, um, and the like the display just sees that laser blade come um, come like straight through, and just like razor sharp, very quick advances. Um, and we get like that, that very like, ah, that approach is so calm and calculated and just like clanging of these, these blades. Um, and I'm, I'm on the defense of pulling back and back, uh, with the, the quickness and precision. So, I, um, do you want to keep fighting? I do, but I also cannot beat a nine. So this oh. is, this clash is entirely like, how do you get the upper hand on me immediately in this, in this next clash? Um, Oh, I think like, cause you're, you're trying to come at me so quickly, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I just back up into the crater and I don't think that you're, um, you're ready for the, the gravity differential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see that you're off balance. And so I just like pull a foot up, um, and like slam an elbow down into your visor, uh, and your head like bounces off the moon's surface. Oh, and, um, what I lose here is, the foot that you bring up, like, you bring it up and you just kick it square into my chest. And, like, the entire Ooh. chest compartment collapses a little bit and there's just blinking lights and the air filtration system becomes damaged. So we get a Ooh. shot of me in the cockpit and there's just, like, noxious smoke and a gas mask falls down and I've got to, like, scramble to put it on as I'm, as as the mech is, like, scrambling to get to its feet. I'm, like, putting on a gas mask and I... I'm like getting it. The goggles come down over my eyes so I can see, mm-hmm. and I'm full on in like life support 
you know, life support mode. Whereas, whereas nice. before I was wearing like what is ultimately very fashionable, very sleek, very uh, Star Trek Enterprise esque jumpsuit is how I was with yeah. the specific Star Trek that I the the, the specific Star Trek aesthetic that I I wanted is uh, Enterprise Enterprise, not any of the other ones. Nice. I took a I took a leap knowing that nine was high, but I did want to have just like a punchy yep. no, scene. No, I think it's perfect, and I love that it was just like I love that it was a quick punchy scene where it's just you kick the shit out of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should I start the next clash? Yep. All right. I'm gonna throw down. Uh, I'm gonna throw down a diamond, and I'm gonna throw down a five mm. of diamond. Okay. Uh, a f- so, five uh, of diamond is uh civilian life. Uh, five is why is it so hard to get a decent cup of coffee? Uh, I think as this is happening, as I'm clamoring to my feet, you know. I'm wearing these nice clothes, but they're synthetic fibers, right? They are, they are mm-hmm. all, you know, space engineered, um, somewhere like a really fancy polyester, which is, I think, counterintuitive, yeah. but like, it's all synthetics, right? There's no, there's nothing natural, which is ultimately why it's so damn hard to get a decent cup of coffee because it's all, uh, polymers and it's all, you know, uh, uh, like gene engineered it's not from coffee beans and it's not really from like um enzymes pulled from coffee beans it's all you know uh like amino acid chains that have been created to create the physical effects of coffee because mm. our supply lines are so damaged and so like cut that we are that that we are basically making photocopies of photocopies of photocopies like mm. it is and and so it just affects everything. It affects our ability to create anything. So, you know, while we have this appearance, this sort of gilded appearance of luxury, it is just everything is just pure artificial. So all the coffee tastes tinny. Mhm. And that's why it's so hard to get a decent cup of coffee. It's why it's why all of my clothes are kind of like a little shinier than they should be. And it's, it's why, it's why, it's why my chest cavity crumbled as I climbed to my feet and I kind of try to like, um, my hand straightens out a little bit and kind of starts to form into a bit of a Mega Man cannon as those light panels kind of start to twirl around the the edge of my wrist and I just start to take aim. Do you want to keep fighting? I would love to keep fighting. Um, with an eight of diamonds. Uh, a few years ago, both your parents passed away. How? Um, and I think that both of my parents were first generation mecha pilots. Mm. Um, and what we know from uh, from like the the setting that we we get from the base game is that the first generation uh, their identities were public, um, and many of them were just like killed in their mm-hmm. sleep. Uh, and I think that that's what happened to my parents. Is that like um, I think I woke up one day hearing their alarm go off and not having one of them turn it off. Uh, and I don't think that we get like details in the story about why, but like, I think that there's definitely like, um, it, it it's on like one of the covers of the DVDs. Like when you get the yeah. box set of this series, like it's, it's this image of like a very baby, um, a very baby humidor, just like standing at, at the door of his parents' room with his blanket. Yep. Um, and we don't know what happens, but we, we know that they were killed. Yep. And I can't beat an eight. Now, 
Nice. Now, so hearts, I could I could play a heart here, but it still would have to be higher than an eight, correct? Yeah. Yes, all right. Correct. Yeah, I can't beat an eight. You okay. got this. So I'm gonna move those over to my side. Um, and then I think like I see your Mega Man hand charging. Um, and I oh I think I just kick a moon rock straight into it and it explodes. Oh yeah, and that's that's what that's what I've lost is the hand explodes and it's just like it's just a pile of of sparking wire. And now I'm trying to oh. like I'm trying to figure out how I can use this in a fight. Nice. All right, I've grabbed another card. I have grabbed another card. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna go hearts. I'm gonna go two of hearts. Okay. Uh, hearts are your lover. Um, the two of hearts is how do you keep your pilot activities secret from your lover? Um, and so I think we both like because we live together. Mm-hmm. We both get up at the same time, um, and we we leave for quote unquote work around the same time. Um, and I think that like n- outside of these battles, pilot life is pretty droll. Yep. Like there's, um, there's a lot of like watching tape and like practicing drills and stuff. But, um, for the most part, it's just like sitting in maybe a theater with a notepad and like scribbling stuff. So I think like it's decently easy outside of these, outside of these very infrequent but dramatic clashes of violence it's very easy to keep pilot life secret because for the most part it's as dull as like keeping an excel sheet of logistic information yeah um and so uh, you know i i i think that i just don't talk about work maybe we have a blanket like hey we don't bring the office home yeah. kind of thing um, and I tell you that I'm like a buyer for a department store. I like source jackets and I'm like, well, another boring day buying jackets. Oh, yeah. And I am uh, I am uh, like uh, I'm a securities analyst for a for a uh, like a research firm. So I'm mm. just like making sure that all of our documents are copyrighted. Everything is everything is bookmarked, though everything is sourced the way it's supposed to. I'm double checking citations all day. It's 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 yep. boring, but it's fine. And that's that's my cover story. Nice. Uh I would like to keep fighting though. Because I'm gonna drop down the five of hearts. Ooh. The five of hearts is uh we have disagreed. Uh we have disagreed on whether or not we should leave Earth. Why do I think that I can still change your mind and bring you to the colonies? I I think it is because you've just never it's 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 almost cliche to say but like you know even after so long there's just something about seeing the stars from a different planet there's something about the way it changes everything you know seeing You've never experienced Earth like you will from the moon. You've never experienced the moon like you will from the asteroid fields. Like, it's all this just, it just, it, it's, it's impossible to explain it. It's just the seeing it changes the way that you, you, you think about it. And I still think that I could get you to, I think, if I could ever get you to see it in that way, if I could ever get you to leave Earth, I know that you're such a homebody, <laughs> but if I could ever get you there, 
I think you'd never be able to go back. Taylor, would you like to keep uh, fighting? I would like to keep fighting, but I don't have anything that can beat a fire. All right. So I think we, we, we get a flash of this conversation, right? We get a flash of, of mm-hmm. the two of us talking, telling this story. And, and we're talking about this instead of talking about work, right? This long conversation of the two of us making up these stories and talking about you being a homebody and telling you, I want to take you to the stars. I, I want to take you to the stars. I want you to see it from a perspective that you've never seen before. Yeah, and I think like... I think Humidor always falls back on the, like, well, you know, travel is dangerous or, you know, this isn't the great time of year. The rates are just too high or, uh, like just it's excuse after excuse. Um, but you know that it's that like family pride of, I will never like my feet will never Mm -hmm. leave this dirt. And I, I, and you know, there's this moment where I hear you're saying this and I'm, I'm just like, well, you just got to go for it. And you're just like something about the way you're so sensible. I just kind of like, I just jump your bones and I'm like kissing mm. you deeply and we cut. And like, there's this moment of like, it's, it's the perfect reflection of what could almost be. As we flash back, my arm is is a smoldering mess. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> staggering back and I, I reach back and I, I pull off, like I grab at my wing pack, which are these very kind of, uh, they're kind of the sleek, somewhat between a Buzz Lightyear or um or just a classic uh mech mech wings, except they're the slightly bat-ish wings because I grab them and I throw them at you like it detaches and I throw them at you and jet like a jet from the center like bursts out and it starts like it just sails at you with razor tinged wings and just like collides with you almost like a like a battle axe. Rad. Um, I think it like pierces through, uh, through my, like my mech's chest and there's like flashing signs of radioactive warnings. Um, and it's like just sticking straight out of the chest. And I think, um, I think, uh, the hot tissue betcha like pulls it out and you can see this sparking and this like red glow as the metal starts overheating. Um, but then, uh, he like readies and wields it like a, like a club, uh, and comes at you for this next clash. So you already have your seven. I'm going to take this top card, build up to seven. Um, I'm going to, I have not been keeping up with my count, but I think this might. So we both have 14 plus 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, I think 24. Four cards are out, so why don't we why don't we put in the the heart now? So the game does not end when we uh, hit the King of Hearts. Um, the game will end when we run through the cards, but the King of Hearts will have a very dramatic event that will happen in the game. That is that we will discover who one of us is. Okay, so we have we have now uh, so we passed the midway point of the game. So we have shuffled uh, the cards into the deck, or we've shuffled the King of Hearts into the deck. Yep. Uh, when one of us plays the King of Hearts, um, the prompt for those listening at home, the prompt will be uh, actually. Why don't we leave it up? So we'll leave, leave it up it. to to play. Um. Uh, who started that last one? Was that uh, you started that last one? Okay. Yes. Yeah, you started the last one because it was Hearts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, so you're up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw down a 
I'm going to throw down some spades. Cool. So I'm throwing down the four of spades, which is the fight at hand. So we're, um, yeah. you're, uh, my opponent has taken to the skies, and do I follow? So you take off, and there's this moment, and I, I think without hesitation, right? I think it's, I think mm-hmm. the only hesitation is waiting for my jetpack to, like, re-land on my back. And I think, actually, even before that, I use, I'm finally used to the moon gravity, so I, like, get a running leap, and then the, 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 the jet slams on my back, and I am already deep, deep in pursuit. Do you want to keep fighting? Nice. I do want to keep fighting. Um, so one quick note about aces. Mm-hmm. Um, aces are ones, but they do beat a king. Got it. Okay. Um, if they do beat a king, they then go back to a being a one. So someone could then, in theory, oh, okay. win the trick with a two. That's interesting. Yep. So it's it's a loop Got around. It. Yep. Not that I'm going to play an ace because I'm going to play a seven. Seven of spades is what weapon does your opponent wield that you are unprepared for? Um, and I think it's just like as you jump up to intercept me as I'm flying away with like my busted wing jets, um, I I like look down and I see um, these plates like come out of your shoulder pads and just like form a cone around your mecha's mm-hmm. head and you just bust into mm-hmm. me like you just ram straight into me Dope. um with these these protective plates um and it sends both of us like careening off uh into orbit of this moon so we're like very high mm-hmm. up now uh and i'm do you want to keep fighting i do want to keep fighting because i'm going to throw down the king of okay the king of spades uh my opponent lands a crushing blow what vital system is destroyed uh, I think this is a- this, and it ties perfectly into this because, like, this drill is it's is a desperation move because, like, mm. it basically like um, kind of crushes the head of the mech a little bit, Ooh, and okay. um, which is where all of the um, it's not where the it's not where the cockpit is, but it is where a lot of the sensors and the you know the detection systems and like the 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 various other. The brains of the thing are in the head, and it sort of it clamps it. It's very much just a like this is I, I got one shot, and I'm to, using this to take you out, and you just like power through it. You grab my shoulders, and you just like um, you know, I drill into you, and you just like knock the head of the mech off. So all mm. of those, and I'm sitting there, noxious smoke is gassing in, and all of my screens just start to go black, and it's just. Oh, oh, sick. <laughs> um, so I will play my ace right. now because <laughs> I have the ace of spades. Uh, your opponent swings. How do you avoid their blows this time? Um, and I think like just with that screen off, you slam almost like an autopilot, mm-hmm. like programmed attack matrix mm-hmm. in to just like to keep me from just landing the destruction blow. Um. And I, I think it's it's easy to avoid uh, these blows because they are in like very predictable attack mm-hmm. patterns, but they are erratic enough that I can't press the attack further in this in this time. So it buys you those like vital yeah. seconds to to recuperate and get things connected. All again. right, uh, I am going to. Uh, I would like to keep fighting because I would yes. like to play the six of spades. Ooh. Uh, your opponent lands a solid blow. What pain do you feel? You, um, 
kind of um knock my hands away like i'm th- i'm throwing wild swings and you knock my hands away and kind of like um clap into the midsection of the mech and just crunch it mm-hmm. further and like um just the force and that jostling and the you know it bumps me bump 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 and i i slam against wall after wall after wall and like i'm now you now see like my my visor is cracked and there's just blood trickling down the side of my mouth. Mm. Would you like to keep fighting? I would love to keep fighting, Jeff, because I have the ten of spades. Okay. Um, my opponent lands a serious blow. What major system is damaged? Um, and I think uh, with that, like, I think the... Um, oh, goodness. I, I crush your midsection and I get ready to, like throw you back down to the moon um uh and i think i do even a little bit but then i realize the chain that is extending from like your other your still intact hand Mm -hmm. like your wrist uh, and i see the spike that you've like secretly implanted uh into my wing jet and as you fall um the gravity that's pulling you down does more to rip apart that vital system than any blow that you could have like landed on me um, so, like, you've attached part of your mech to a very fragile part of mm-hmm. mine, and me throwing you away means that I am in turn ripping that off of myself. And there's nothing left to keep me airborne, so I just plummet down as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that a lot. Uh, I would like to keep fighting. I, I do not have any spades that can beat that, but I do have the Ace of Hearts. <laughs> so I'm going to throw down the Ace of Hearts. So... Aces can only be used to beat. Oh, kings. got it. Okay, then never mind. Then you take this. Then describe to me. Then yeah. just then 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 best me. But know that that ace is coming. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you got that ace in your sleeve. Uh, so yeah, I think we are like both falling. Um, and it's like we the camera cuts back to very far away to the point where we are just like two specks of light, just like slowly dropping. Uh, and then it cuts up like incredibly close uh, as you like fall and land on the dirt and bounce up just in time to see a giant metal fist like crack into uh, into your already damaged midsection. And I think uh, what is lost is all of the sensors just shut down, right? The systems go dark Ooh. and I, I am just left in like a tin can relying strictly on instinct at this point right like um mm-hmm. that static that we heard earlier in a flashback scene as i kind of started to tune things out comes back and is louder and more oppressive where it's just now it's everything now i got nothing but static now i have nothing but white yeah. noise and the clanging and that i'm just relying on my ability to know to just instinctually predict what you're going to do and hit the right button at the right time yeah Love it. All right. It is now your clash. Um, so we are going to draw back to seven. Yes. Um, um, so it is my clash mm-hmm. now. Cool. Um, I'm going to go to hearts. Okay. Say three of hearts. Your lover has an, a subconscious quirk or habit that they don't notice. What is it and why do you love them for it? Um, oh, I think that... Uh, um, I think that Luxor has the a habit of like doing a quick little like tap tap on every like electronic thing that they mm-hmm. use. Um and it's like the the podcast like check the mic 
kind yep. of thing um, for the communications um, to tie into the world. And so, like, whether it's, like, a TV remote that you just, like, tap-tap with your thumb uh, or, like, the guidance system in our, like, auto car where you, like, tap-tap the, de- the destination that we want to go to or even, like, just the lock to get into our apartment mm-hmm. where you, like, tap-tap the accept, uh, like, um, accept code uh, little button. Uh, it's always a double tap tap um uh and i think that like we we have this very cute thing where like if we are um like cuddling together or like waking up in bed like um uh i i think that um humidor will like tap tap your nose uh or like um tap tap your cheeks and then like kiss Mm -hmm. there Uh, i think it's a very cute little like thing that that i i tease you Mm -hmm. about i love that i love that a lot uh i would like to keep fighting I'm going to throw down the six of hearts. The six of hearts. When your lover introduced you to their parents, how did you embarrass yourself and how did they reassure you? Um, Oh, I talked so much. I'm usually, like I said, I'm quiet and patient. I was a babbling, I was a babbling uh, mess. Just, you know, (laughs) uh, it's, you know, it's so, it's, it's, it's great. It's just great to meet you. I've heard so many nice things. I've been really kind of so just looking forward to like, I, I got to say, like, are we are we having barbecue tonight? Because I've heard really great things about your barbecue. If we're not, that's fine. But I just I wanted you to know that, like, uh, we've been talking a lot about it. It sounds really great. I'd love to, like, hear some of your recipes around it because I've got some some, some I've, I've heard such good that and they're just like, it's OK. It's OK. We, we like you. Mm. And they just like uh, put a hand on, on my knee and they're like, we like you. You're you're fine. And I'm like. Oh, fuck, that's such relief. <laughs> oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Um, I do want to keep okay. fighting. I have the seven of hearts. Okay. Uh, what is your lover's favorite food, and is it difficult to cook it for them? Um, I think it's barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think your favorite food is, like, barbecued ribs, like, slow-smoked yep. And that this is why it's so difficult. A well, and I think going back to what you had said about the the coffee is that like it's so hard to get like real animal yeah. ribs. Um, like texturized vegetable protein is acceptable. Yeah, you um, can make it. You can you make it taste s- pretty close, but at the same time, like yeah, it's also it's also also hard to get like the right vegetable proteins. Like the ones that we get, mm-hmm. it is hard to make them taste close. Like you can get close with like a nice seitan, but like uh uh, you know, you were working with imitation seitan essentially. Yeah. Um. And I I don't think you can slow smoke yeah. it. Like the first time that I did, I like opened the slow smoker and it was just like a pile yeah, of dust. Yeah, it's just it's like a wet goop. It yeah. like does it like melts if it gets slow smoked. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Uh Hey Jeff, do you want to keep fighting? Um I do, but I can't beat a seven. Okay. Um Oh, where did we leave off in that fight? Oh yeah, I just like punched you in the face after you bounced off the moon um and so i think like it picks up we we cut back uh after after these flashbacks to like loving times uh we we cut back to um to this fight immediately and you're like still in the air and i i grab your foot and do that like 
um the the mm-hmm. hulk smash thing from that first avengers where i just like do an entire arc and slam you face first into the oh, moon oh and the jetpack is shattered right like the the jetpack mm. is the first thing that goes the wings of it break off and it just like it actually flies off mid swing and it's just like with with what with the wings on it it just kind of like putters off into the sky and yeah. it's just it's a mess and here's seven okay i um Oh yeah, you start All right, this one. I'm gonna throw down. I'm gonna throw down the seven of clubs. I'm gonna throw down the seven of clubs. Cool. Seven of uh, clubs is, of course, uh, the events of the war. Seven clubs. Seven of clubs is. I've befriended the mechanic who works on my mecha tirelessly. What is their name, and how do we pass time between missions? Um, we pass time. Um, her name is. Her name is Starwipe Johannes. Uh, Starwipe. Yes. Starwipe. Uh, <laughs> Starwipe and I pass time by um. We we essentially I think it's I think there's a there's a you know art mirror storytelling of like we pass time with card games right like a lot of digital mm. entertainment is shut off especially around mission bases we pass time like just having playing really esoteric card games because we played poker for a while we played go fish for a while and now we're into like and now we're into like the really really like weird you know we've bought we've each bought several books of 101 101 games you can play with a deck of cards and we're into like 57 (laughs) of each of those books nice and we have deep opinions about it and so I think as I'm getting slammed around, like at least one deck of cards is just bouncing around the around the, the cockpit. Oh, Taylor, good. would you like to keep fighting? I would love to keep fighting, right. Jeff. I have a queen of clubs. Right. Uh, whose face haunts you at night when you close your eyes? <sighs> um. Oh goodness. I think it is. Oh, it's my flight commander. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they were like a very stern person who brought me up from like enlisted rank into being a pilot. Um, and I think in like one of the early episodes of whatever series this was, they like died in a spectacular like sacrifice so that my mech could get away from the podcast mm-hmm. static. And so, like, that's another thing that just, like, keeps me going is that, like, I have so much of this vendetta and so much revenge that I need to enact. Yep. Um, and I, I still remember uh, my my flight commander, um, uh, Spider Ficus. <laughs> good. Very good. Love it. Good name. Um, okay. I would love to keep fighting. And I would love to keep fighting because I have the king of clubs. Uh, the King of Clubs is Ooh. what would you give in order to retire and never have to fight again? I would, if I could, if I could walk, if I could walk away and just look, never look back and know that, know that everyone, know that the fighting was going to stop. I mean, I would, I would take that boring spreadsheet job. The one that mm. I've made up all these stories about, like, it sounds like hell. It sounds like hell on earth, but I would take it. I'd take it in a heartbeat. If I didn't have to be in this cockpit at this moment, if I didn't have to do the things that I did, I would I, I would settle into that job and I'd never look back. 
Mm. Uh, I want to keep fighting with the Ace of Clubs. Um, Your faction did not start the disagreement that fuels the war, but they did cast the first stone. What did they do to cause the fighting? Um, They blew up the communications Mm. relays. They sabotaged their own um, like wireless towers uh, to cut the communications off from each other. Um, but it meant that they could no longer send out signal themselves. So it was that like cut off your nose to spite yep. your face. Uh, and it, it, that was the first act of violence that really erupted the galaxy. Oh, that's great. Jeff, do you want to keep fighting? I do want to keep fighting. Cause I have the four of hearts. Oh, sick. <laughs> um, um, and I'm going to throw down the four of hearts, which is you and your lover confessed our feelings to each other. Under a sky filled with millions of stars, what did I promise them that night? I promised that I promised that I would I would always I would do whatever I had to do to keep them safe. Mm. I promised that I promised that uh if if it meant I would give up i would i would shut off every one of those stars if it meant if it, if i had to if if your if your safety and comfort were at risk if it, if that's what it took to give you the life of comfort and happiness that you deserve i would i would i would burn down every one of those stars mm. taylor would you like to keep fighting jeff i want to keep fighting because i have the king of hearts okay a pulse blast shattered a pulse blast let me cut that. Uh, a pulse, yep. a pulse blast shatters the mirrored protection of your opponent, revealing their identity as your lover. How do you hesitate? Do you reveal your own identity in return? All cards in this clash are set aside and do not count for either pilot. Um. So yeah, I think like, uh, as you are like struggling to your feet, it's just like one laser shot like skims the mirrored protection off of your visor. Um, it's like close enough that it doesn't rupture it, but like mm. I can definitely now see through the glass and like this, this mirrored protection hangs like loose aluminum foil and it, as you move it like waves in the wind or not in the wind, but like it just waves in zero G. Uh, and I can see in to see Luxor um, like strapped in and piloting this mech. Uh, and I think that like, there would have been a further salvo of lasers. Um, but like just the hot tissue betcha is immobile right now. Um, can I, can I throw in a detail? Yeah. Yes, please. Cause, uh, I'm wearing, I mean, very luckily I am wearing my full life support outfit. So yeah. when this thing shatters, like I am protected from the exposure to space. Yeah. But also that means that, that on a certain extent, like a lot of my identity is completely obscured. Yeah. But do you know what do you know what you see? Like when you're when your cameras zoom in on the pilot, do you know what you see? Yeah. And I think it's like there is no mistaking. Yeah. Because like, it's the tap tap. Yeah. You see um, me like operating on instinct and you see that that everything I'm doing is that tap tap and you recognize it from the million of millions of times we've done it. Oh, Jeff, that that's really good. That signature tap tap. Every move I'm making is two taps and you're like, no, nobody else would. Nobody else would. Oh, fuck. Oh, so one of my like favorite things about mech fighting is when the pilots, the squishy little human pilots get out of their mechs and like try to beat each other with their Mm -hmm. bare hands. Um, Humidor like unbuckles everything and just hits 
like an a vent button on on the hot tissue betcha and is rocketed by the vacuum uh out of the hot tissue betcha um and just like over uh over this distance um to like crash through the visor of the podcast static mm-hmm. um and like i i don't know that humidor knows what to do oh goodness <laughs> yeah i don't I'm trying to decide what happens now I think I also eject, and I think, like, I eject, and, like, mine is way less. I, I am ejected out, and, like, because my ship is so damaged, I am not shot up. I am not shot forward. I am shot kind of diagonally on an arc with the with the moon, and I just, like, hit it. I bounce one or two times. I am safely protected because there's, like, a little bit of a bubble shield, but, like, I hit the ground hard, and I skid into a crater, and that is about where you land next to me, is I'm just, like, sitting in this crater, and I'm just, like, <laughs> oh, 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 I gotta tell Starwipe about that. Oh, that was. We gotta work on that. Um. Yeah, I. In theory, I won this clash, so I have a choice: if I could keep fighting, or if I want to stop fighting. Uh, and as a reminder, Jeff, either of us can stop fighting at any time. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to, if the, I mean, the real, the question is, as as laid out in the book, I know this is the end game question, but I mean, uh, do you know, knowing that this war will not end unless I am stopped, do you do you stop? Do like, do you stop me? And stop That's me does a not real necessarily good does not necessarily mean killing me, but do you do you stop me knowing that the war will not end unless I am stopped? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think Humidor looks up at the ships like in the sky, like shooting each other. And we get like a very Mass Effect 3 kind of like shot of like a very like just intensely silent surface of the moon with these two busted up robots and these two busted up humans um, and then just interstellar war over them. And then I think Humidor pulls a sidearm. Uh, and this is going to be the heel turn. Mm-hmm. Um, Humidor is going to keep fighting. Okay. So these cards go to the side. Humidor cannot stop fighting because of the debt that he owes his family. All right. And the vengeance that is owed him. Uh, So we each draw back up as much as we can. I don't know if there are seven left. All right. I've drawn one. I've got one. And I'm going to take this last one. Yeah. All right. Is it my clash or is it yours? It's, your, it's mine, right? Um, no, it's, no, it's yours because I knew yeah. that we were in clubs for that one. Yeah. So I'm going to go diamond and say four of diamonds. Okay. Civilian life. Uh, what animal do we keep as a pet and why are they so important to us? I don't think that we keep an animal. I think that we have like a small little bench of houseplants. Mm-hmm that's near our apartment's window and it's south facing. So they get a lot of light and they flourish. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Do you want to keep fighting Jeff? I do. I do want to keep fighting. 
I'm gonna throw a six. Uh, the six of diamonds. Uh, my sister and I don't talk much anymore. Uh, why not? Um, because she is also in military service, and we are so and is like higher up than me, and is doing things that are so confidential that like any contact we has has to be extremely sparse. And so this is something that like these operations, these military obligations are like everywhere in my life. And they are, I am, and like they are, they run deep and they run high. And there's mm. this, and there's this overwhelming sense of like, this just, this will, this will, this must continue. Taylor, would you like to keep fighting? I would like to keep fighting. I have a seven of diamonds. Uh, the okay. seven of diamonds is you owe someone a great deal of money back home. Who is it? And what will they do if the debts are unpaid? I think I owe a great deal of money to our landlord. Okay. Um, like we, we have this, this apartment. It is nice. It's not huge, but it's nice. Um, and I think like I keep promising our landlord that, you know, rent's going to be a little late. I'm, you know, it's fine. I can pay you half of it now. Um, and I think the landlord is the only person that knows that I'm a mecha pilot. And that's the reason why, um, like we've been able to underpay mm -hmm. is cause I think our landlord is sympathetic to the cause. Uh, but if, you know, if it gets past a point or if this debt goes unpaid, then I think that that, that the threat of revealing the secret is something that's always brought up whenever we have this conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and let me pitch something to you because I think that you also have this kind of relationship with yeah. your landlord. Yeah. I think um, it's very good. Yeah. Cause I think that they, they also are maybe sympathetic to your cause and playing, playing. Oh, they're, yeah. they're paying both sides just to get paid. Like they understand yeah. that that's twice as much money coming to them if they play both sides. Oh my goodness. Are we, do we both, have we both just been like paying essentially rent, not yes. telling the other person? Yep. Good. And the landlord's like, hey, you still owe me money when in reality our entire rent is paid. Yep. Good. I hate this person. Oh, I hate that. I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him a lot. So I'm going to keep fighting uh, with a nine of diamonds. The nine of diamonds. What argument did we have last week? And what did I do to comfort you after we made up? Um, we had an argument. It was, it was, we had an argument about whether to move the plants into the, like, into the, into the bedroom or not, where it is, because it's on the second floor, because it's getting to be the, it's getting to be winter, and we didn't know if we wanted them to be higher up to get more heat, because heat rises, and it was just this completely silly, art, silly, like, disagreement that just got really, like, you know, it's that moment when you have, like, the really simple disagreement that just keeps both sides just keep digging in their feet further and further until it's getting really like awful. And it's, it was, and it's the type of thing that afterwards I just moved the fucking plants. Honestly, <laughs> I just like, and, and you, you came home from work and found the plants were just moved. Yeah. And it was the ultimate acknowledgement of like, I don't know why I dug in my feet. I don't know why I did that. It would be mm. like, it is the ultimate just acknowledgement of like, I, I was wrong for digging in my feet because yeah. I was absolutely the first one to dig in and be like, no, I don't want to move them. It's a whole bunch of work. Oh, Taylor, would you like to keep fighting? Uh, 
I would like to keep fighting. I have a ten of diamonds. Okay. Uh, and that is when you were a kid, your parents drove you very far to see something very important. Where did you go and what did you see? Um, I think that like our apartment is in, um, it's in Alaska, mm-hmm. like within the Arctic circle. Cause I think that climate change has rendered the equator just like almost uninhabitable. Um, and so as the centuries went on, people just moved and went to the poles. Um, but we drove down to, uh, to Kentucky where, um, great, great grandma inscrutable was buried. Um, and they gave me a very long, very like ham fisted speech about loyalty and patriotism and duty. Um, and I didn't understand it. Uh, but it was it was very vital to them. And I think, like, we stopped at, like, a landmark along the way. Just, like, one of your s- side-of-the-road attractions and got, like, a family picture. Um, and the week after we got back home, they were killed. So I don't remember what was said in the speech that they gave to me. But I know that, like, the ideas that they wanted to impart were important. Okay. Uh, Jeff, do you want to keep fighting? I do want to keep fighting. I have the King of Diamonds. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, the King of Diamonds is... What would you... Wait, no, that's not it. That's clubs. There it is. Uh, when you stand on the shores of a beach and let the water wash over your toes, what memory do you try to conjure from the edge of your mind? Um, it is... All, all, all military recruits in the colonies are given a week vacation. Mm. it's literally it's it's a it's they call it reconsideration week because it is you know if you're in you're in like you're not like this is not there's no uh, there's no um voluntary retirement you are in until the until the colonies decide that or in this conflict you are in until the conflict is over Mm -hmm. so they give you a week to reconsider that like if you opt out in this week that's fine go find another career and there was a the day beforehand I stood on that beach and I let the water wash over my feet and I, I I weighed my options and I pictured a life where I didn't sign that paper. And it was the longest few minutes of my life. And so I think about that moment, standing on that beach and thinking about I think I think about a lot about the life that I pictured for myself and whether I would prefer to have that life than the life that I have. Taylor, would you like to keep fighting? I would like to keep fighting, but I don't have anything that can beat the King of Diamonds. Okay. So I think the blow that I land is I I see you pull the sidearm. You just start like walking towards me. You shoot out like the bubble shielding around the chair. Mm-hmm. And I just I click out of it and I spring off of this very springy cushion seat and I spear you mm. like right in like right in the gut. You go down hard. And your pistol goes flying. Yeah. Um. And I think there's a very small but very sharp rock on the surface of this moon. And it mm-hmm. nicks something in, like, my elbow. Um, and there's a very tiny gas leak in my suit now. Mm. Um. And I'm going to start 
with uh, three of spades. Your opponent barely connects what minor system is damaged. Uh, and I think, like, I get up um, just in time for you to, like, get another haymaker into me. Um, but, like, turned and and blocking it mostly uh, so that, like, you're not hitting my body, but you are hitting my suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just takes out my, my like, at my emergency radar or my emergency radio. So, like, I can't call for help now. And I think with that, I'm going to answer the question of no. Mm. I think at that, I'm done fighting, right? I think I knock you to the ground, right? Mm-hmm. Like your 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 radar is off, your get your suit is leaking, and I like I grab a little like I grab like some rope or like a seat belt and I tear it and I tie your elbow. Yeah, and I just like collapse next to you, and I'm just I'm done. I'm done fighting. I'm done with this. And I just, I, I just sit. I just collapse next to you and I sit. Okay. And for a moment before we count up the cards and we go to the end game, I think I just sit here and I'm like, I savor that quiet again. I savor that, that, that feeling of, I can't, of, I savor the quiet of the two of us sitting, breathing, panting, sweating. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I, I can't. Hell yeah. Um, so let's count up our cards. Okay. I have 11. 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Wait, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. You've got 12, I've got 13. Okay. Um, yeah. Knowing that the war will not end unless your enemy is stopped, what do you do? Um, yeah, I... I am stopped. I <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I am I think I I I think that I think I I I just kind of sit next to you and I I know like I see your sidearm there and I look at it for a long time and I look at you and I look at the sidearm and I look at you again. And I look at your elbow which has been like patched and you probably need to get it get inside at some point. And I'm just like, if we cross paths, and I, I don't, I don't even say anything out loud because you know me. I, I have these mm-hmm. conversations in my head. I just look at you, and I look at this, and I'm like, if we cross paths again, like maybe, 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 maybe this will make our next clash a little different. Maybe it won't, but stranger things, right? And I lay back in this crater, and I savor the silence. And I think that's game. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that was really good. Oh, my God. That was beautiful. I loved that it rules. so much. I can't. That so like, I, I'm speechless. <laughs> that rolled so hard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Taylor, thank you so much for coming on and playing at this one. This was amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jeff. This is literally the first time that I've ever played this game. Oh, and I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad this got to be the game to do it because that mm-hmm. ruled. Mm-hmm. That was real, real good. So, Whew. how are you feeling? Debrief session time. You feeling good? Yeah, I feel really good. Um, All right. Yeah, I'm feeling like I don't like humidor. Oh, I and there's there's big like. 
I, I've come around, I like Luxor, but I also feel like I don't like the colonies as the, as a whole. Yeah. There's so like, much. Here's, ah, oh, this was like a design intent. I was like, I don't want to say shit about what the earth wants. I don't want to say shit about what the colonies want, but yeah. like, and I don't think that either of us did that. Like yeah. neither of us talked about what the conflict was. No, because that's just, not important. And we just talked. We just talked about like how each of our cultures had sort of become toxic, and I loved mm. that. That was that was very cool. Yeah, like I, I definitely, uh, yeah, I have no idea why we're fighting or what we're what we're trying to accomplish, but I do know that like both sides are fucked up and wrong, yeah. and that's great. Hey, war is bad. <laughs> war is bad. Hey, war is bad, and. War culture is toxic, so yeah. cool. Oh dang, yeah, I feel good. This was an emotional game. I loved, I I love. It was just good. It was good all the way through. It was yeah. emotionally taxing, but in the way that I wanted it to be. Yeah, I think both of us did this at least twice, where we had either ended just like a really raw scene of violence, or um, or we had ended a very like touching. Uh, moment of connection and then just flipped it yeah like there was a t- after that really long string of spades um the the decision to like then go into hearts was really great and then yep. i think that we had like something else there too where like after a really intense like personal moment we just like ripped into violence um, there was a particular moment that i really loved which was like we were having this moment about like why we loved each other and then there was the mm-hmm. visual the visual of the two of us going into this loving like like make like kissing each other and and making out yeah. and then flipping it into like I could see that crash cut very nicely that it was very cool and very like yeah. it hurt but in a way that I liked of like the crash cut of like now fuck you mech combat like that was cool <laughs> yeah. oh it was good that was real real good yeah thank you for coming on the show and playing it with me this was a blast hell yeah Jeff thank you for the opportunity <laughs> so real quick before we wrap up where can people find you and your work online. Uh, you can find me online on Twitter at Leviathan Files. Um, you can find this game and other amazing games at riverhousegames.h.io. Um, you can find Game Closet on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Uh, Game Closet, an informal chat show with queer and LGBT plus folks from all sorts of tabletop role-playing game spaces. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for so much for doing the show, Taylor. This was a blast. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, Take future, it future me. me. Thanks, Bass May. And thanks again to Taylor for coming on the show. That game was... God, that game was incredible. It was fun to play, fun to edit, just incredible. Be sure to check the show notes for links to, in order, The Treasure at This Dungeon is an escape from this dungeon, and we will never escape from this dungeon, a Kickstarter funding in about 62 hours at the time of me posting this episode, Descent into Midnight, which is running for about another four days, go back that, incredible game, and Break Up on Reentry, which is available on Itch, theoretically forever unless taylor decides to spontaneously kickstart this game as well at which point i'll back this game as well and of course be sure to check everything taylor's doing at riverhousegames.com and be sure to follow taylor on twitter at leviathan files then while you're on twitter follow us at party of one pod like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast uh join our discord community at bit.ly slash party of one discord uh check out our merch store at bit.ly slash party of one merch and support the show, as well as other games that I design, podcasts I produce, articles I write, and all that other stuff at patreon.com slash jeffstormer, coffee.com slash jeffstormer, and paypal.me slash jeffjstormer, because Jeff Stormer was taken.
And speaking of other podcasts that I produce, if you have not listened to All My Fantasy Children, you are missing out on something truly special. It is something that I love making with my best friend every week. It's a delight. AMFC is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network, powered by you. Every week, my best friend Eric Tanosides and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming onto the show, or press coverage of Party of One, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.